is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, December 23rd, 2019, season 15, episode number 105. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about the Cowboys' loss yesterday. They lose to the Eagles 17-9. to And, man, do we have so many opinions, so many thoughts on this game. We got a lot to discuss. Let's jump right in. And because there were so many storylines, literally there were a ton of storylines coming out of this game, I'd like to go around the table and initially start the conversation by giving each of you an opportunity to have somewhat of an opening statement just about what your general thoughts are of this team coming off of that loss to the Eagles in Philadelphia. We'll start with you, Nick. Thank you. And before you say anything, take a deep breath. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then go. Right. Um, man, so many places to start. They um they're just they're just not they're not, obviously not a good team. I mean, we we've seen that for a while and they they showed us last week that they can, you know, have a good moment. But, you know, when when it was really time, like I've said all along, I'm just going to stick with the same theme. They don't they're not clutch. And they're not clutching the plays, and they're not clutch in the in the moment to go and just take it. They've got the hats and the shirts in a box under the tables down there. Just go open the box. Just go do what you got to do. But they don't. They they don't because they're really they're not a good team, and they're I don't think they're well coached, and their toughness was questioned, and they lost. They're not. They weren't tough yesterday. I don't think in both aspects of being tough. All right, Amber. <laughs> well. Um, I, I don't really know where to start. I think one of the things that, that really bothers me is when we come in here in this show and talk about things throughout the season, clearly if we're talking about it, they should know about it. Like they, they should be watching the same game and seeing the same things. So, for example, when it comes to Amari Cooper, and I know we'll get into depth about him and all that, but... You know, we talked about him not being good on the road, and they should know that. Not that they should be preparing for a guy that's supposed to be your best wide receiver, but you should be aware of things like that. Dak shoulder. Okay, how how do you create different plays to help in scenarios like this where Amari Cooper just doesn't show up in a game? So little things like that. It's amazing to see how they were able to run the, the ball last week, and then this week it was just absolutely unpresent. And it, it, to me, it's all about preparation and how do you come up with different game plan and, and different things to do in different situations. It, I just don't get it. But it's all about coaching. Yes, the players have a lot to do with what happened yesterday. But at the same time, you as a coach should know what you're dealing with and should be prepared to attack it. Dave. This is only my seventh season covering the team, so my perspective is limited. Uh, but I've learned a lot about the Cowboys 
you know, from before my time, just working here, I feel like I have a good grasp on franchise history in general. And this is just the most disappointing Cowboys team in recent memory, and certainly among the most disappointing of all time. Um, I this is this is what I keep going back to is like 2017 injuries and legal drama and suspensions got in the way 2015 you lost your two best players basically for the year uh 2008 guys were in and out of trouble and headlines and you know all you know gun charges and legal drama what was the drama with this team like what got in the way they couldn't play yeah exactly there's there's nothing there was nothing hindering this team all year long. Like nobody was there were like as far as NFL teams go. There was like, one little drama and they got rid of him. Taco. Oh, that was the right. only little I mean, drama and then they if got Taco's rid of him. your biggest drama, you're <laughs> right. doing all right. That's a good point. Like, and that if, was the one yeah. If Leighton Vander Esch is your biggest injury, look at the Philadelphia Eagles. I promise you, they got lucky in terms of who was available for them this year. And none of it mattered. Like tip I always say, like this team's success gets in its own way. There was nothing in their way this year other than they could not string together good football games. And, I mean, they they have to take a hard look in the mirror because, like, there's no outside factor that got in their way. They just are a very talented football team that is bad, and that's frustrating and disappointing. I, just can't, I can't disagree more about that. They're not very talented. They're not very talented because they have four pro bowlers that didn't – and they're not pro bowlers. I mean, Travis Frederick's not a pro bowler. He's going – but he's not a pro bowler. I mean, he's good. I just, he's they're just not a talented team. They're not talented, and they're not tough. The one thing I will – maybe they're not tough, and I can kind of agree with you on that. that where I would go different on the talented part is, by and large, most of these guys were here last year when they had a pretty successful season by all accounts, right? So there was some talent involved in being able to do that. They're one year farther into yeah. it as, as, with more experience. So you, the expectation was – what you saw last year from the talent level should have been a little bit better this year. What is talent? And so mean? you're absolutely what right. Is, but what does Ta- it mean? What does talent All mean? talent means is do you have the ability or how good is your ability to be able to do your job? And I think that they are there are a number of guys on this team that if you go player by player, position by position, and you're talking about them in context of players around the league that do their job, I think you could say a vast number of them are considered to be talented enough to be up there with the top 10 guys at their position, top five guys at their position, right? So uh, from that standpoint, I'll give you a good example, and I think this will crystallize what you're saying, and we're going to get to this guy, but Amari Cooper. I don't think any of us disagrees that Amari Cooper has talent. Then I start getting to the part where you talk about where does he have toughness. Does he have that mental thing that makes him just go for it? Like that that's just he's all in, you know? That's the part where you have I think you got a great point. Like they just don't seem to have enough of those guys. And that's and I completely agree for the most part. And I think that's been the season long conversation is like they're not good. But I don't know how you can argue that they're not talented. Like Amari Cooper is a talented player. Demarcus Lawrence is a talented player. Mo- even if they haven't played up to their standard. There are so many teams that would want this offensive line. They did not play well. And you can chalk that up to toughness of the physical and mental variety. You can chalk that up to chemistry because it sure doesn't seem like this team has any, which is weird because that's always been like a calling card of the Jason Garrett era. This doesn't feel like a cohesive team at all. And I feel like that's why they're 7-8 and eight right now. But 
4,000-yard passer, 1,000-yard rusher, 2,000-yard receivers. First time the Cowboys have had two wide receivers hit 1,000 yards in a season since 2006. That screams talent to me. It's just not translating to good football. Yep. And that's just my opinion. Yeah, I think talent is an overrated word. Then you're it right. Doesn't mean anything. You're right. It doesn't. It's like stats. I mean, all the stats. Oh, it, that's why it's the ultimate team game, right? Yeah. You can have the most talented team in the world, and it's not going to always bail you out, especially in the NFL. I mean, it's the same thing as the Cowboys right now being the number one offense in the league. We know if you've watched the games, Jeez. they're not the number one. But but according to that statistic, yeah. they are. And so that's where I think it's. You're right. Talent doesn't really mean a lot in, at the end of the day if you can't assemble it in a way to where it actually works together yeah. but in a team game. That's what makes this so baffling and frustrating. I, I just I think they have the pieces to be a good football team. And it's not even that they're not good, they're actively bad. Yeah. That's a good way to put it, actively I, bad. I mean, there, I think there's a difference between not good and bad. They're yeah. bad. Let's, well, let's go ahead. We need to talk. I mean, these, these pieces, these pieces to win and stuff like that, we need to talk about that and see – how many of those pieces are really going to be back? Yeah. Well, let's let's do this. That's not today's show, but <laughs> let's go ahead and take our first break. That's probably not today's show, but I do think from the context of how they played yesterday, I do want to talk about some of these pieces. I want to talk about the running back. I want to talk about the wide receiver or a few of the wide receivers. I want to talk about the quarterback. Thank you. And then we got to get to what happened on the offensive line and what happened on the defense. Um, Cause I think there was some interesting things that happened throughout this game. Um, that does make you question, you know, what what's going to happen with the future of this team and with the future of some of these individual players. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this... the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Ready? Okay. Give, Give me an S. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back 
to the break. Welcome back. We're in the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. By the way, it's Christmas time, so Merry Christmas to all of you. Merry Christmas. Listening to us and uh, those of us in this studio. We really do appreciate all you guys that take your time every day yeah. to come and uh, join us uh, for this talk, even in a season like this where it's been highly disappointing. We still appreciate the fact that you guys take time to listen, so we uh, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year and, uh, and all of the above. All right, so let's get back to this talk. Um, I want to dive into some of the individual parts of this game, particularly from the player standpoint. Let's start first with the running back. Yesterday, Zeke gets 13 carries, 47 yards, a 3.6 average. Coming off a game last week where you got two 100-yard rushers, and by the way, Pollard this week got two carries for zero yards, and let's throw in a fumble uh, for good measure. But coming off a game like what they had last week, what was the difference this week? Because arguably, they played a tougher Defensive front last week, yeah. you can argue that um, they were at least as good as this defensive front. What was the difference? I think the Rams do what they do, and they they you know that's the scheme that they play. And if you can get you know hat on a hat and run the ball and 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 have some success, then it opens up everything else. I think the Eagles went into the game saying, you know what, Dak's not practicing all week. He hasn't, so let's make him beat us, and we're going to load it up and you know and and. I still think you could run more than what you did, but I think that they made it more of an effort to try to stop the run and force the Cowboys because they know the Cowboys are going to do that. They're going to just kind of take what they what they get, and then you know whoever's on the field or regardless, it's like, oh, I like this matchup. I see Schultz out there; he's caught two passes this year, but I like it, and I'm going to throw it to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they they just do what they do. Yeah, I think. I mean, the Eagles clearly made an effort, and it's funny, like. Sounds dumb to say, but like I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Cowboys played it the wrong way. Like there were plays to be made in the passing game. That was we talked about that last week. Like they're not a good secondary. They're banged up. They give up a lot of yards and points outside. And the the plays were there, weren't they? I mean, Gallup drops a long ball. Dak overshoots Tavon on a long ball. Cooper drops. Some Cooper drops pass, one. Yeah. Gallup drops an, a crossing Witt, route. Witt that was Wit drops yeah. a wide open pass. How about um? I know I'm forgetting a big one. Oh, the it was like a comeback. Dak clearly overshot Cooper, but Cooper like the most half-assed effort you've ever seen to go up and get it. One hand, yeah. The plays were there. Yeah, the, the plays were there to be made. Mm-hmm. Dak was bad, and so were literally all of the receivers. Yep, and tight ends for that matter. Throw yep. them in there too. So but, I like you can sit here and say like, well, Zeke is the ninety million dollar back. Like feed him, feed him, which I appreciate. That they're not just going to bash their head into a brick wall if they don't have to, but oh my God. make a play, make a play in the passing game. And like, I know Dak's shoulder probably hurt, and I know Amari's got 19 different ailments at this point in the season, but neither one of them. Cooper wasn't even on the injury report on Friday, and Dak was designated as like there was no doubt he's, he's a full go, he's fine. And so I have to take him at his word, mm-hmm. uh, and I expect you to play better than that if you are worth the payday that you're heading for. Yeah, he uh, he actually is. He he, in my opinion, played like he practiced, which he didn't practice, and you could tell in the game that he wasn't sharp. Um, he went 25 of 44, 57 percent completion, 265 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, a 74.5 rating. At this point, are you looking at Dak differently from the standpoint of the contract than you did, say, even four or five weeks ago? Yes. In what way? He's not worth the money. He's not. So, worth, what do you do? Um, I, I'd pay him in the money of fifth, top fifteen, top fifteen to twenty quarterback because that's what he's been. 
you know, you can you can say all you want to about the yards. Yards don't mean anything. I mean, he's about to, he could break Tony Romo's franchise record of 4,900 yards, and they went 8-8 eight and eight that year in 2012. Winston's got yards. Quarterback rating, I think he's like 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Touchdowns, he's right in there. And then the record is 7-8. and eight. So he hasn't done anything to make me think that he is in the elite status of quarterbacks. And so... But quarterbacks get paid. I mean, they still get paid. So I think whatever Stafford, Derek Carr's money, that kind of stuff, I think that's where he needs to be. You pay him, Amber? I just, I don't know. The the whole thing, it's so difficult for me to make a full evaluation of him just because I have a lot of questions about the coaching. And it makes me wonder, really, with the be- could he be better with a better coach? Mm-hmm. If he is trained better and put in better situations in the game – I, I just don't quite know. And it's frustrating because this is his fourth year here. And I feel like I still don't really know where Dak could get to because he's been under the same coach. And we saw some improvement with John John Kidnett coming in here. And to me, he, he has improved tremendously this year. But it's, it hasn't been enough. So that, that it's a difficult one for me. Am I willing to offer him a long-term deal? I think I, as of right now, I would want to put him under the franchise mm-hmm. tag for a year and see how that goes with a different coach. You agree, Dave? It's tough because, honestly, I feel like the whole body of work is worth him being the quarterback of this team in the long term. Like, I don't buy, like, he's not bad. He's not a bad quarterback. He's good. Um, but it's totally fair. Like, he hasn't lifted this team. Like, he has not played like a quarterback who can overcome all of all of the problems surrounding him, much like Carson Wentz did yesterday. And, like, Wentz. He's not the diaper. Wentz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wentz, Wentz wasn't even amazing yesterday. He yeah. just made the plays that were available to right. him. But sometimes that's what it takes. And, you know, you mentioned Romo. It's it's kind of fitting in a way. It's like guys let Dak down yesterday, like a lot of guys did. But does anybody care? Nobody cares. Make the plays. Like yeah. pick your team up, win the game, and they're probably not going to make the playoffs now because he wasn't good enough. And it's not just his fault. But again, nobody cares. He's the quarterback. And so I think the full body of work is worth a payday. But fast forward to a month. And we're back at the negotiating table, and it's like, well, Dak wants to be paid here, and the Cowboys are here. It's hard for me to say, well, the Cowboys should just meet his demands. Like, where is his proof that he's worth playing hardball? Where he's like, I want 37, or I'm sorry, that's what I want. Like, why should the Cowboys have to capitulate to that? Like, where's the proof that that's worth it? Um, but I also hate the idea of like a con- uh, a franchise tag season. Yeah, I, I hate every, that. Everything you said, I agreed with about his development and and all that. Maybe a new coach and all that. But I don't know about about the franchise tag because I think I gotta I think I gotta give that to Mari. And the only reason I want I, I have to give that to him is because he is my first round pick from last year. So if you if you start losing first round picks, they already lost one in Taco. They're gonna feel. They're gonna start to feel it here, you know. So you're gonna lose that, and and I think I would try with maybe with the coaches to have one more year and all that. But like, because as of right now, I mean, maybe it's just because of last night. I mean, I think the Cowboys need to seriously think about 
not having Cooper around. Okay. Let me let's so, table that for just a second because I want to finish the conversation on Dak and I because yeah, that's a it is they it do is. play I, and I will say this I actually agree with Amber from the standpoint of the franchise tag because the amount of money that you have to commit to a quarterback I actually would want to see one more year and I'd like to see one more year with a different voice in his head, right? With a different game plan, with a different with different schemes. See if maybe you can get him cuz cuz I do agree there have been some things we've seen this year that suggest he is a better quarterback than he was last year and then he was a better quarterback than he was the year before. Like every year I think he's gotten a bit better than he was before. I would love to see one more year before I have to commit big money to him, commit big money to him, right? So I, I do want to have that conversation on the wide receiver, and you're right. The two well, do kind of inter, they, they kind of intermingle, but I kind of like the idea of getting another year to be able to see a little bit more about Dak before I but, make a big but commitment. what kind of year are you getting? And I say this because how many second-half comebacks has he had this year? Zero. Zero. Yep. He has not brought his team back, and Lord knows he's had chances to yep. bring them back. So clutch – Put it on Dak, like everybody else. But he's been that before, though. He's been that before, okay. so that's why I say, okay. can he's you give me that, another he's year? He's been that before, but what? But how many press conferences did he have this year where he talked about contract, especially early on in the year? Uh, almost every one. Mm-hmm. You want to do this again? Do we want to do this again where now he's making $28 million a year on the tag or whatever it is, and he's playing every throw is playing for this payday? If you If we think that all this stuff is like, yeah, he, he, he's got it, let's give him a new coach and all that, then pay him. Pay him. He doesn't deserve top, top five money, but he's he can be up there and and get it out of the way. I, but you're saying that like like he doesn't have a choice. I don't know that he's signing a deal that's got him you know, paid like a 13, 14, well, 15 quarterback. Else, Maybe he should go somewhere else. You can't do that. No, but you, you can't afford to just lose him that. right now. He can't do that. Right, but he's going to show up. a stalemate, right? Yeah, but he's going to show up at some place and be like, where's the Pro Bowl lineman? Oh, you got one. Oh, you've made a Pro Bowl, but now you're 38. Okay, who's my back? Mm. But where are the sponsors? But, but the point. Is, but the point. <laughs> where are the sponsors? That's a great point. Wow. That's a great point. But the, but the point is, though, he still does. He still has to at some point. They gotta. If they're gonna lowball him, or I shouldn't even say lowball. If they're gonna keep him around that 13, 15 range, they still gotta give that offer to him, and he's gotta decide if he says I don't want it. They're not gonna just let him walk. So they got to franchise Which, him at that point. And, and that's why I think that ends up being an option, a I possible option. I don't say this to sound passive-aggressive. I legitimately mean it. I, somebody said this to me last night on Twitter, and I was like, I actually, I want to know. This guy was like, don't re-sign Dak and let Cooper walk. And I was like, in all sincerity, what's your long-term vision right. for this team if you're doing both of those things? Because even if you're franchising Dak, you need to be thinking about drafting his replacement. Maybe, right. maybe not in the first round, but yeah. like you got to be building I, yes. I despise the idea of tagging Dak, doing nothing at quarterback, and being like, well, maybe this year will be different. And then next year is very similar, and you're like, well, we wasted a year of his career. We still have to pay him this contract or let him walk, and we haven't done anything about the future. So I think I'm with Nick, and and that's kind of my point is I'm I'm not trying to convince you you have to be in love with what Dak has done, but you might as well sign him. And again, like nothing has changed in the sense of like, Mahomes is still coming. Some of these other young quarterbacks are still coming. Like he'll be a bargain quickly. And maybe you just pull the trigger on it and get it out of the way rather than keep spinning your wheels saying like, well, we're not going to commit to him, but we're not going to do anything about the future of the quarterback position. But but I, the, the part that gives me pause on that though is I, I've seen some improvement, but I've also seen this to me, it seems like a trend this year where there have been more than a few games 
where he's just for whatever reason just off. Mm-hmm. And and so it becomes a question of do I think that he could ever get to a point where his accuracy is good enough to where it's worth paying him, where he can be my guy, where he can be my Russell Wilson, where I say, you know, I can let all these other guys kind of walk and I can fill in the pieces because my quarterback is good enough to be that diaper that yeah. Nick talks about. I don't know that, right? So uh, to me, give me another year to maybe see that because if you don't see it by next year, the likelihood of him becoming that at some point is probably relatively small. But what are you like? What are you going to learn? Because the I assume you, you can't predict anything to a certainty, but like the cast of characters is going to be similar. Like I would assume, maybe, maybe not. I would assume Amari will be here. Right. Zeke's not going anywhere. Right. Like the offensive line will still be here, so but, he's still going to have a question all that about stuff. whether Cobb will be here. And Gallup will still be here, but Gallup's a good piece, right? So maybe Cobb is here. Maybe you replace that with a young guy that you draft who is a, a more dynamic player in the slot that can catch Gallup, a little more frequently. Gallup but, right? is a good piece for being the number two receiver. Right. But, you, you know, if but you— But Amari's going to be here next year. You just said it. He's a, he was your first-round pick last I mean, year. you got to bring him back. you got to—only I, I, as a franchise tag. I'm not paying him because here's the thing. You can change out your receiver, change out your quarterback, change everything out. It doesn't matter. None of the new coach, nothing matters if you don't have it inside you on fourth and eight to say, hell no, I'm on the field. Not like, okay, I'm out. Uh, somebody else come in. I just ran a, a go route and now I'm tired. It's fourth and eight. The game slash season is on the line. You can't tell me Jerry Rice, Michael Irvin, and Chris Carter and those guys ever did that. that okay. That's crap. That that's- is absolute crap. And, and him and Cobb both. And Jason Garrett should have called a timeout. Should have called a timeout and Which, said, I need that, my yeah, best. Let's bring it back to the micro because we really haven't gotten into what a cluster that fourth yes, quarter that, was. And that's exactly I'm gonna We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about that. But I want to talk about that in the context of this whole team because they're not the only two to do this. Nope. Last week, we mm-hmm. saw the exact same thing happen defense. to the defensive line. This has been something that's been going on with this team for a while. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about that. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. Otterbox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And Otterbox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce grab. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation tumblers at OtterBox.com. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this... Seek Geek app and let's go. Seek Geek. 
Hey, Cowboys Nation, this season when the Cowboys win, you get to experience the sweet taste of victory because if the Cowboys win the next day, Dunkin' is offering a free medium hot or iced coffee. So don't just celebrate the Cowboys' success from the sidelines. Head to Dunkin' and treat yourself to real victory because this season, Cowboys fans aren't only winning on game day, they're winning the next day too with a free medium coffee. Cowboys Nation runs on Dunkin'. Excludes cold brew. Limit one per guest. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. At the star, we are talking about the Cowboys' loss, 17-9. Philadelphia Eagles, at this point, they are no longer in control of their own destiny. The Eagles win this weekend. The Eagles represent the NFC East in the playoffs. If they lose and the Cowboys should win, then the Cowboys can back into the playoffs, and we'll see how that goes. But... All, all that being said, like everything was right in front of them, as Nick said in the first segment of the show, and they just basically didn't go get it. Find me a Cowboys fan who isn't related to a coach or player who like wants them to make it at this point. That's the overwhelming reaction that I'm getting from fans, is they're yeah. just like, let it be over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fast forward to Sunday, and then find me one that isn't. I I think I I think that's done. Honestly, I, I really so. do. I don't think so. If I mean, obviously, I just don't think then then they're not a real real diehard fan because I think the diehard fans would want your team to make it to the playoffs. They sure as not after this year. <laughs> Where are you going with that? Just sure. take a deep breath. <laughs> they sure as heck don't want the Eagles to do it. Right. You know, if for nothing else, just not the Eagles. That doesn't think that that doesn't mean that they think that the Cowboys would go far in the playoffs. It's just. And if you were there last night and saw what I saw, like you just don't like the Eagles. Like it's just mm. uh, you just don't Amber. You just don't like the Eagles. So no. if for nothing else, for no other reason than the Eagles go sit at home and then you just kind of go in what happens in yeah, the playoffs. The Cowboys are that spoiled brat little kid that's sitting there that doesn't like his toys and all that until the other little kid comes over and then you know and then he starts playing with them. It's like whoa 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 whoa, whoa those are my toys. Mm-hmm. No no, it's my that, slinky. yeah that's mine. So yeah. yeah I don't want this I don't want this at all. And then the oh the Eagles are going to the playoffs. They're like no. Nah. If that, like, no, we're in. So let's go back to that conversation we were having just before the break. We were talking about Amari Cooper. Um, you get to fourth down, Cowboys season on the brink, fourth and eighth, fourth and eight, uh, both Cooper and Cobb both on the sideline. Um, I mentioned before the break last week, it was late in the game. Well, I think it was last week. They were late in the game, and uh, it, the defense was on the field, and Michael Bennett. They called a timeout, right? It was a Chicago game. And uh, and Chicago game. And Michael Bennett is on the field, but you got Tank off the field. You got uh, Quinn off the field. And Bennett is literally saying, no, y'all need to get onto the field because this is a critical down. And just all of that just makes me think. And, and they asked Jason Garrett about it last night in the postgame presser. And he was like, well, you know, that was just the rotation. You know, we we rotate those guys because, you know, we got so much going on. A lot of plays. We're running. So rotating those guys and it just happened that they were off the field. My problem with that is just that I, I feel like the player does have some say in that. I also think the coaches are being a little too, I don't know if naive is the right word, but to think that we could just send uh, Ventrell Bryant, Ventrell Bryant, whatever his name is, onto the field instead of Amari Cooper when it's fourth and eight to keep the season going like to me just something about that because if not then go ahead and pay Bryant the money right yeah. why do you need to pay Cooper you don't you, yeah. right I mean it just doesn't the whole thing doesn't make sense to it, me. it next man up you know Jason's got a lot of saying some of them are okay next man up is dumb <laughs> it's dumb it's dumb and it's a lie it's a mm-hmm. lie 
you, it's not next man up. You can't do that. It's not. It's not. If you did that, then rotate your quarterback, which might have been a good idea. The way he was throwing some passes. I'm just saying you don't do that. So it's not. It's not the next man up. It's not. And it needs. You need to call a timeout. And Dave and I talked about this before. If you're not calling your timeouts and you're saving them, you're telling everyone that you're going to fail because we need these because we're not going to get this, so we're going to fail. Why don't you just call timeout and tell your offensive coordinator, who has called a very bad game to that point, to figure out what the best play is and the best guys on the field, get them all some Gatorade, and let them go and run a route where we can – and if, they don't, if it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. And literally say, guys, gonna stop this is anyways. the season right here. Make a play. Make a play. Make a freaking play. Yeah. I that's just I put that on the coach, but I hate that you have to put it on the coach too. I can put it on the coach, you know. It's like who gets more blame? Who gets more? The the coaches that made the decision that they were going to rotate that and not say, "Oh, this is a critical situation. I need you back in," or the player that's willing to come off the field when the rotation says they should come off the field, even though it's a big moment. Well, maybe the players are checked out by this point. No, it's still on them, right? I mean, yeah, but at the same time, it's like. You know, I have mixed opinion because, yes, I do agree that Cooper should have been on the field at that specific time. But at the same time, I, it makes me wonder. I'm like, okay, he only caught four passes out of 12. Clearly, he wasn't having a good day. They're needing to get someone out there who can catch a ball. And, you know, I'm just, again, I'm not saying I agree, but at the same time, I can kind of understand why you would maybe want to switch it up somehow. And I'm not saying Bryant is a better player than Cooper, obviously, but since he wasn't having a good game at all, I mean... Why not try something else? That's what you try, though, in my opinion, in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, do or die, I'm giving the guy that I'm considering paying a ton of money every opportunity to save me from myself. Like, this game has not been good for you. This game has not been good for our team. I want to give my best players the opportunity to make a play to win this ballgame. It's hard hard to get to the— It's hard to get to the bottom of these things like in season when everybody's still kind of rowing in the same direction, but it just feels like there's an accountability issue on this team. And like that's a perfect encapsulation of it is like we just talked about it. They're on the 23 yard line. Amari runs a go. He comes out. He walked right past us. We're down there to shoot our post game videos. I'm sure he was tired. Like he wasn't rushing to get oxygen on the sideline. He just kind of goes to the sideline. And I can imagine the conversation where Jason Garrett's like, Where's 19? They're like, oh, he he came out. And then Garrett's probably like rolling his eyes, like, okay, we'll put get Tavon out there. Fine, whatever, we'll do what we gotta do. And it's like player checks himself out, which is bad. But question, coaches don't call him on it, but did which he, is also did he bad. check himself out, or was that what he was told? This is our rotation after next number of plays. Well, if you that's come the off case, the field, we put our other guys in. I don't in. care how bad of a game he played, like no. Shouldn't your best players be on be. the field in do or die time? That's and that's the point. But it sounded like from what Garrett was saying after the game, that was just their normal operation. When they get into that part of the game, they're rotating their guys, and it was his time to I be think, off the field. I I, I don't buy that crap. I don't buy, I, I don't and maybe buy it's that not true. at I'm just all. Saying, that's I think what the that's coach just something said, that you, know? you just say. Yeah, that's just something that he just said it in a nice way to put it. Oh, maybe that's he didn't and feel that's, like calling out Amari Cooper, and he just said, "Oh, that's just how we rotate our guys." That's kind of that's kind of my point. Is like a, right now, it's hard to get to the bottom of that because you're going to get company line. You can still yeah, make both, the playoffs. But Amari didn't give the company 
line. Amari said, "I'm coaches pull me out of the game." And he was asked, "Were you tired?" No, I wasn't I'm tired. They talking, just pulled me out of the game. I'm talking about coaches and front office and all that type of stuff. I think it's not going to be like next week, but it, it could be at the owners' meetings or the combine. But like, we're going to hear stuff in the coming months about. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody was bought in. There was conflicting messages. Like, the you know, some guys they know who they are weren't really yeah. giving it their all. And like that, I'm not Always trying happens. to not trying to finger point at anybody in particular. But can't you just kind of feel yeah. that that's the well, case even here? What, what he said right. in, in the locker room, Amari Cooper. I forgot what he said uh, exactly, but he was talking about, oh, I I feel like maybe we should have run. This yeah. type of play, what was he it? Said, he, he said, said basically, he thought the go ball was the route to yeah. run tonight. They didn't take advantage. Didn't he says it. they didn't take advantage of how they could have taken advantage of that secondary. The routes that they were running mm-hmm. were routes that those those defensive backs can cover pretty well. He said the deep ball was the ball. Well, say that they, something. You know, I mean, say yeah. something. Stop playing chess all day in the locker room and get up and talk to Sound J Law and figure out the right play. Like I think when she said something about checked out, I think he's checked out. Any of those guys that were checked out need to be out they need to be out i mean i mean yeah your head coach you're is taking a lot of the starters out because a lot of them are well, you need to dynamite this thing take out the whole team man. wow so we're gonna go from all the way from Maybe. starting season where we thought to just like blow the whole thing up and get rid of to. all of them that's too you're, dramatic i don't i don't think you might i, I don't think we're extreme. there I, I know everybody's probably i i want my wide receiver to i don't care what there's not a coach out there that's like you're out you're out. You ran 17 yards. I mean, you're out. This is the play of the season, but you're out. I think I think Jarwin can do what you're supposed to do, or Witten can do. It. No, no. Well, one the does fact it. that they went to 12 personnel, I mean, that that in itself was like, why, why would you do that in this situation? Jason said it was the look they wanted. They, all they that's all they had though. Sure, 12 personnel, but okay. who else? Vintel Bryant. That's you I don't have any other receivers, right? So, but but you're saying both Cobb and Cooper out. just pull themselves out. They walk to the sideline like you would do in the second quarter because they're a little windy. But this know, is different. But I, I get that. I'm saying, though, I think that – and it sounds – maybe I'm getting this wrong, but it sounds like you guys are putting less of this on the fact that the coaches, this is kind of the way that they do things. This is their operation. Yes, it should have been different. And I'm, I'm the first one to say, if you're Jason, Jason Witten, there's no way – we saw him for 15 years. That we saw how many times did we see Martellus running on the field and he ran yeah. right back off the field because Jason was like, eh, eh, ain't happening. Right. Yeah, so, but- so my point is, so my point is that those guys definitely, if they if they understood the gravity of the situation, they could have stayed in the game, and they especially Amari could have stayed in the game. My point though is. I still have to give some culpability to the coaches because Both. it sounds like this no. was their normal operation. But I honestly so call a timeout. Uh, I, I, I don't think much of this coaching staff. I think I've made that abundantly clear over time. But I've seen the Cowboys drive to tie and win like a lot of games. And I could be wrong, but I can't remember a time where they were driving in a situation like that fourth quarter down eight. Vintel Bryant and Tavon Austin were their wide receivers. It wasn't even just Coop. It was both of those guys. And I, some Eagles fans were yelling at me because I tweeted it. I was like, that's who's in, on, in the game when you're driving to save your season. And they were like, big whoop. The Eagles, have, you know, we've got all these injuries. Like, you just got to deal with them. I'm like, that's not the, that's point. Not the point. Because you don't have to do there aren't else. any injuries. Right. That is who they are <laughs> willingly putting on the field with the season on the line. And to me... It almost makes me want to exonerate the coaches because, like, I don't think they're that dumb to do that because 
We've never seen him do that before. But Your starters are always in the game when the game the is on the, the line. Position, well, that's not actually true because I know for many years, Nick, you, you and I have talked about this, for many years there would be those kind of situations and DeMarcus Ware would be standing on the sideline like rotating their normal rotation. It's like, why is DeMarcus not on the field and right I know, now? Like, this has know, been happening throughout Garrett's career. It's two-minute two drill, and you want your guys to be fresh. I guess I get that, but Fintel Bryant has one catch this year. I agree. Not, I, don't, I don't buy it. And, and, and It is a touchdown. You're right. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty. It's, so there's precedence. It's, You're it's, saying it could happen. It's 50-50, but I just there – is, there is a disconnect within this team between, like, the messaging – and the what I, you know what I'm trying to yeah. say like there is a disconnect it, it's it, mainly I think it's been on defense this year but it bled over into the offense last night at least from my outsider's perspective and I just think in the coming weeks and months you're going to hear people kind of be willing to get a little bit more detail to. about it I think last night if you listen closely to Tank after the game Amari after the game Zeke after the game. I think they all said little things that make you start to question how they're viewing this. Because DeMarcus, one thing DeMarcus said that stuck out to me, he was like, well, you know, um, they were, he was asking about why there wasn't enough pass rush. He was like, you just got to go watch the film. You'll see. There's a lot of balls coming out real quick. And my first thought was, if, you're mo- if, if the issue is that the ball's coming out real quick, then is there not something that's happening on the back end where the ball is able to come out real quick? Are they? And Nick, you and I talked about this. The cushion that they give these receivers, both from the linebacker standpoint, from the safety standpoint, even from the corners at times, it is third and five, and they are off the ball seven yards, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it, it, I do believe that maybe, maybe you're starting to hear some of that from the players. Like, hey, there's some schematic things that we're doing that are not helping our pass rush, right? That's what I heard when he said that. But I think those those kind of statements that were happening happening throughout the locker room last night that point to a little more than that's than than just what you see on the surface. Yeah, I mean, and if you go back and watch it, I mean, the only reason the Cowboys had a chance to stay in the game was because of uh, Doug Peterson. Yeah, he's got a Super Bowl trophy. Congratulations! He coached a terrible game <laughs> yesterday. He was terrible. That like, is true. He, that he, was really bad. And I mean, the Cowboys still couldn't, they take, still couldn't advantage. take advantage of it. But, I mean, he did some really bonehead-type decisions. You're talking about the 55-yard field oh, goal that attempt? Was, that was one of it. Third and one and fourth and one, and they're uh, they're down there, and they're driving, and then, then they'll, all of a sudden they just start throwing the ball. I mean, but they – I don't know. Nobody wanted to run on third and one yesterday. I uh, mean, at well, all. The Cowboys wanted to run on third and one. They just wanted to pitch it to Tony Pollard <laughs> we do 15 have, yards behind the line we of scrimmage. We do have, uh, I guess, the play for Zeke. Um, we're on set on the, the actual. This incident. is when when Zeke called out of the out of the game after he had a play, and then the follow. I think it was the following play when you had Pollard, the fumble by Pollard. Yeah. Pollard came in on third and one. Yeah, and, or I'm sorry, Pollard came in on second and two and got one yard. And third and one, he got the. Pitch. Okay, I thought we had it, but anyways, yeah. we were, ta- we were talking about Zeke because we're talking about whether Zeke pulled himself out yeah. at a time when you need him in the game. It's third and you know second and two, whatever it was. You're driving, you need him to be in the game, um, and you said that there was. It looked like he kind of got banged up a little bit, and that's why he, he called right. out. But either way, it just seems like to me there's not enough. I think the the word you guys used early was accountability. You know, it just seems like. Everybody's not on the same page, and everybody certainly doesn't have the same level of urgency that you should have had in a game like that where the division is on the line. You have every opportunity to just take control of it, win the division, and take yourselves in the playoffs. Cowboys just were not able to do it. 
It's I, no. Oh, oh, you're gonna. Oh, you're, no, go well, it's a quibble at this point, but like, I you know people dogging Tony Pollard for the fumble, which like. I mean, don't fumble in that situation, but that play call hasn't worked all year, and it was also like the first significant moment of Tony Pollard's game two hours into it. Yeah. And it's it's beyond frustrating that as well as he played last week and as well as he's played at times this year that it took Zeke getting hurt. I mean, he said he took a blow to the helmet. It took him getting hurt in a crucial situation, and they were like, okay, let's run this bizarre play as our first look at Tony Pollard tonight. There's the play. There it was. It oh, went. There it wasn't. The yeah. It's yeah. It, it just That was the fumble. All around F. Like coaching, playing. But everything. Christmas is going to go come up. Kai Forbath played really well. That's what I was I was going to say before we end the show, we he do need to say Kai Forbath played really well. Kai Forbath had a, a he went 3 of 3 on Which, field goals. I, I get Dak checked to this play at the line. Is this the Oh, no, that wasn't the option. This My bad. 8-yard run that Zeke That's the one down Zeke goes in. Somebody lands on his guy, head. Yeah, and that's like, fine. So he didn't take himself out because he didn't want to want the ball on third and one. Yeah. And that's fine. Like maybe he got hurt. Yeah. Don't, that's how people saw it. They, I mean, how many how many third and fourth and shorts have they run that option play? I know they did it against the Jets and it failed. I know they've done it two or three other times. Why are you still trying to make that happen in this moment yeah. with a guy who hadn't touched the ball yet all night? Yeah. He- but you open up a whole can of worms and you start talking about the play calling because you, you go back just to the Rams game and there was a ton more creativity in what they were doing. The stuff they were doing with Tavon and moving him into the backfield. like There was just a whole different level of creativity in that game than this game. You talk about- and this game, there was none of that. No jet sweep. Nothing that was out of the ordinary. It was all, all the same stuff that you'd normally do. Which, to go back to Cooper's comment about not running the go ball, like I don't, they... They coach conservatively on the road. It's been a trend all year. Yeah, might be the reason why and they, they have play played conservative. Well. I mean, yeah. think about it. I think Dak is afraid to throw the ball sometimes down the down the field and those you know tight tight uh, coverage. I mean, I think when it when it really comes down to it, I think he likes to throw it deep and out of bounds and 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 you know those play. They're not high percentage, but they're also low percentage interceptions. So you know you throw it out there like that. I I don't think he. I, there was too many times last night where he, I think he was throwing it deep and just to try to, you know, like, hey, it's either my guy or nothing. But I don't know. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back actually on Thursday. There will be no shows tomorrow or Wednesday. Um, and then Thursday, Dave's going to get you ready for Cowboys. I'm going to say, we're doing a scouting report. <laughs> yeah, we're doing yeah. a scouting report. Oh. And when you do offense and defense the same day, like pour it all oh, in. Okay, I'm telling cool. you, by, by the time we get to the weekend, I've already got I've already got some some fan just texted me listening to the shows like we want to win. No, absolutely. Like this is this, they're just mad right now and I get it. But come Sunday, they're going to be hoping they're going to be you know what? Saquon Bark that kid's going to have the right jersey on. De- DeMarcus is going to be like that's the right jersey, son, like cuz DeMar they're going to hope that the Giants win the game and hope that the Cowboys beat the Redskins and get into the playoffs. And get into the playoffs Walk and whatever happens. into the playoffs. And then you move on. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back. Have a Merry Christmas, you guys. For Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eatman. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!